Welcome to Let's Talk Agriculture, where Oliver McIntyre provides the latest news from the field insight, covering everything from arable, poultry and livestock to finance. In part two of the podcast, he discusses the latest farming trends and how they could affect your business. In this podcast, Oliver talks to Tom Morrison, an international agricultural consultant, about the importance of managing one of your farm's biggest assets, soil, and what happens when livestock are removed from a farming system. You can find the interview now on the Let's Talk Business podcast channel. Here's Oliver with the news from the field. Thanks, and welcome to our first ever Let's Talk Agriculture podcast. It's a new format for us, and I hope you enjoy it. Please remember to subscribe so we can let you know when more episodes are available. Right, let's have a look at some of those sectors and see what's happening. Within the dairy sector, lockdown for some proved a huge, huge challenge. Those milk companies that did drop milk price by more than two pence per litre AHDB worked out that they processed about 1.2 billion litres, so about 10% of the total UK market. The pain was certainly on, as we know, and we certainly were there to support all of our clients through that tricky, tricky time. However, it has to be remembered spot prices recovered within a few weeks, and hopefully some stability is returning to the UK dairy market. AHDB have a report from the EU on their milk forecast. The EU 27 milk producers, they're estimating that milk yields will be up by 0.7% across those 27 EU milk producing countries, at sitting at a roughly 148 billion litres. But all of that growth is in the first half of the year of 2020. And actually, the prediction for sort of July through to December is a 0.2% drop. I suppose the point of saying this is we're well through the spring flush, and it looks like milk yields are actually going to tail off a little bit. So quite interesting that potentially there could be slightly less milk on the market than there was last year. Another good indicator of where the prices are going is the global dairy trade markets. And again, they rose for the fourth time at the beginning of July, and they were actually up 8.3% from the previous auction. Commodity prices obviously also put a floor in the market. Well, just looking at three of them, butter, just shy of 3,000, skim milk powder, just over 2,000, bulk cream at £1,390 a tonne. All three are up. Butter up £380 per tonne, skim milk powder up £300 a tonne, and bulk cream up £220 a tonne. And that's double-digit increases from May to June. So really strong commodity market. GDT also up 8.3%. And Perhaps milk yields across the EU27 looking at actually contracting slightly in the second half of the year. GB average farm gate milk price, not including any bonuses for April, was 28.11 pence per litre. Across the whole UK, it was 26.83. Our colleagues and our dairy farmers in Northern Ireland had slightly lower milk price. And to put some sort of comparison on that, the average across the EU was slightly over 30 pence per litre. Overall, The view of the dairy sector is really tough March and April, no doubt about that for those who are on food service contracts. But the spot price did come back really quickly. Production in the second half of the year is estimated to be lower across the EU27. Commodity markets moving very strongly between May and June. And global dairy trade markets at the beginning of July lifting 8.3% from the previous market. Will there be challenges ahead for the dairy sector? Of that, there's no doubt. However, we're really confident that the rest of 2020 will be far plainer sailing for the industry. 
looking towards the arable sector now. The combines have started rolling at the time of recording. And to be honest, as always, initial yields are low. I've had this job eight years now. Every year, the initial forecasts are for low yields. Always makes me wonder, are these the crops that have just died back a little rather than ripened? Who knows, but it does seem to be a trend. Spring crops, a bit more of a worry at the moment compared to those autumn crops that got established nice and early before the floods came. And other areas where we've just got a, a little weather eye on is the lack of demand potentially for malting barley. That's also a concern, namely because obviously with that very wet autumn, a lot of arable farmers and growers decided to switch to spring planted crops. We obviously didn't have a great spring. It was very wet again in February, March. And then we had that long, dry, arid period in May. So an awful lot of reports on, on the crops in the ground for spring are really patchy and varied. As an indicator of that, obviously primarily in the UK, we grow winter wheat. AHDB said it could be the smallest wheat crop since the year 2000. They're estimating somewhere between 10 and 11 million tonnes. To give you an idea of how that compares, in 2019, we produced 16 million tonnes. So it looks like we're going to be importing wheat as a whole next year. What we will also be doing, because an awful lot of spring cropping switches to barley, is we're probably going to be oversupplying barley. So it is really likely that we're going to be exporters of barley, but importers of wheat. So what are those markets looking like? Feed wheat, spot price, about 155, 158 pounds a ton. However, that futures market, November 2020 prices, 168, that's a really strong price. Barley, I think it's already built into the price with barley. We're seeing it at about 120, 125 a ton. I think what's built in there is the fact that there's been a bigger area of barley grown and we are going to get a surfeit. Adding to that, the maltsters potentially not needing as much due to the coronavirus lockdown. Oil seed rape. Again, a further reduced area in oilseed rape. We are probably looking at producing 1.1 million tonnes this year. Conditions in May were not great for oilseed rape crops. However, you know, there's always a flip side on a tough growing year, and the same stands for wheat as well. A slight shortage or a reduction in crop yield, and potentially the price will hold up. That's That oilseed rape price is probably sitting at about 320, 330 at the moment. Just a brief look as well on the potato market. We had a, a good wet June in many parts and you know that's really going to help with crop yields. Probably only around 50% of UK potatoes have access to any sort of irrigation. So that, that rain in June will have been really good. Unfortunately, obviously we, we're just emerging from lockdown. About 22% of the potato crop in the UK goes into food service and schools. Obviously, food service was shut down in March, schools likewise, and the impacts on the potato sector could actually go on into 2021 and perhaps even a little bit beyond there. So for us, the outlook for growers is, yes, we've got an eye on barley. We've got an eye especially on malting barley and also on the potato market. But on wheat and oilseed rape, the prices are good, heading towards strong. And if your yields hold up, you could be in for a good summer. The beef and sheep sector, well, both had their struggles last year, especially notably the beef sector. But the good news is that as at mid-July, live weight steer price was sitting at about 196 and still rising. The heifer price was roughly usual sort of 10p a kilo higher at 207 and again, still rising. Young bulls also quite a strong price and rising at about 186 and even the cool cow price is lifting. They're sat at about £2.60 per kilo deadweight. A peak of the last two years has been 268. So we're 25 pence per kilo above the five-year average for the time of year. 
looking at the deadweight market for beef, an April low of £3.20 per kilo. And now we're sitting at over £3.60 per kilo, 11p above the five-year average. You know, those those real highs of 370 pence per kilo are only 9 or 10p away now. So good news for the beef sector. What's driving that market? To be frank, we saw an awful lot of demand for mints at the beginning of lockdown. We have had a really nice spell of weather in May when... Sadly, a number of people were on furlough. And, you know, maybe I often say it, but a really good summer and a good barbecue season really drives demand for red meat. Switching over to the lamb sector now, again, one of those markets that really suffered in the early stages of the COVID-19 lockdown. Certainly two, three, four weeks of, of quite low prices. The great news is that it's now recovered. Live weight, July price, mid-July time, about 224 pence per kilo over 40p up on the same period of 2019. Yep, we're not at the highs of 2018 when we hit over £3 per kilo, but it is about 50p over the five-year average. July throughput and slaughter numbers, they were up 3% mid-month, week on week, and actually 20% up year on year. So really strong prices. Maybe producers are getting lambs away, and maybe... Possibly, it might mean shortages later in the year, which can hold the price up. Deadweight dropped again, unfortunately, in mid-July, but not hugely. And they're sitting at about 4.83 pence per kilo, but still the highest in over five years for a mid-July period and 70p up on 2019. So the outlook for us for the beef and sheep sector is, yep, it's been a torrid spring for the lambs and 2019 just wasn't a year to write home about for beef. But currently there seems to be a real good demand in the market and the longer summer goes on, if we can get some sunshine, that may continue. So what's the pig and poultry sector seen so far this year? Well, we'll head to the egg market first. Quarter one, 2020, DEFRA figures, 7.8 million cases of eggs packed. That's actually 1% down on the same period in 2019. And it's actually 0.2 of a percent down on quarter four in 2019. So what does that mean for Farmgate egg price? And this is, this is a price that sits across organic, barn, free range and enriched kegs. That averages 755 pence per dozen a whacking nine percent up on the same quarter in 2019 and four percent up on the close of 2019 we've had a decline in average farm gate egg price since its peak in 2013 where it topped out at over 90 pence per dozen but actually it's now flatlined and it's now improving and during that time Packing station throughput has gone from 6.2 million cases to the 7.8 million cases I mentioned at the beginning. So we're getting increased throughput and the price is now beginning to recover. Obviously, free range eggs overtook enriched cage system eggs sometime in 2017. And the gap is now half a million cases of eggs. If we split that egg price back into those from enriched cages they're sitting at about 56.4 as an average across all grades and free range sitting at 86.5 pence per dozen that's actually the highest prices in more than three years and obviously there's a huge retail market in eggs we saw during the first stages of lockdown that the sector really struggled to keep up with supply at sometimes however what really underpins the egg market is the wholesale sector and sales were up 7.1 percent in q1 year on year comparative and that was at a time when all last year wholesale usage of eggs was down quarter after quarter in the poultry meat sector, obviously you can't go very far these days without actually mentioning COVID-19. 
in the early days, we did hear of some reductions in crops by 10 or 20%, but the joy of chicken is that it's healthy meat, it's an easy to prepare meat, and it's a very easy meat to pair and put flavours on. So it's everybody's go-to. So hence why there's really good demand for, for the poultry meat sector. No real reports of crop reductions in those buildings at the moment. And again, really strong sort of outlook for that market. In the pig sector, close to my heart, as many of you will know, clean pig slaughterings were sat at just shy of 834,000 in June. That's actually up 3%. Carcass weight was an average of 85.6, and that's up one and a half kilos year on year on that trend. And also cull sow numbers were up by about 5%, around 900 head in June. So usually when you've got more pigs being slaughtered and a bigger carcass weight, it just means the pig price comes down. However, whilst it has fluttered a little bit at the beginning of July, we're still looking at a dead weight pence per kilo price of about 164, 165, 166. Really good, strong returns. The seven kilo wiener market, sort of low 40s, 142, 143, that's up five pounds per head year on year, and it's actually five pounds above the five-year average. And again, 30 kilo wieners, similar story, sitting at about 60, 62 pounds. They're about six pounds 70 up year on year, and they're nearly 10 quid up above the five-year average. If you read any of the commentaries, especially AHDB, the phrase being used at the moment in the UK pig sector is there's a really good balance and long may it continue. So the outlook for us across the pig and poultry sector, really, really positive. Good demand, decent production, decent markets. In this section of the podcast, we're going to take a look at the complete and total bank debt and bank credit balances held by the whole of UK agriculture. And these figures are available from the Bank of England. I, I suppose it'd be remiss of me just to move straight into the debt figures without talking a little bit about lockdown and coronavirus and all the instruments that were given to us to help deal with that. So just a bit of a recap, as of mid-July, the business bounce back loan, that's the smaller one between 2000 and 50000 pounds we'd actually, to our agricultural clients, we actually have put out about £128 million pounds worth of debt. On the coronavirus business interruption loan, that's the initial loan that came out in the very early days of lockdown. That figure just stands at £10.8 The majority of that, not all, but the majority of that going to dairy farmers who really struggled when the food service industry shut down and ornamental growers, especially those in the bedding plant sector. Clearly, we understand that an awful lot of that bounce back loan funding has come through farming businesses and been pushed into diversified businesses, holiday cottages, campsites, farm shops, visitor attractions, basically anything which relies on footfall and customers coming through the farm gate. Really, really tough sort of Easter through to sort of midsummer period for a lot of those businesses. However, there were some really good news stories. Some farm shops who could operate a click and collect system or a, a drive through to pick up their shopping, a reporting trade at that time far greater above and beyond what they would expect during the Christmas period. Moving on then, we'll take a quick look at the debt and credit position. Again, just across all UK farmers to all UK banks and figures from the Bank of England. So debt at the end of May was at £18.98 billion. Quite a sizable figure, clearly. However, 
if we cast our eyes back to May 2019, that figure was actually 19.195 billion. So overall, a drop of 1.1% does not sound much, and 215 million doesn't sound much in the context of the 19 billion figure. However, it is a time of year that we would usually expect with you know all those inputs that come in in February and March, especially for growers, and of course it's peak lambing time too. So all those costs come in, all kind of kick into need paying for in April, May and June. So to see that debt reduce over that time is quite interesting. Casting our eyes over the credit balance figures, these are even more startling, to be honest. At the end of May 2020, credit balances held by UK banks for UK farming businesses sat at $8.774 billion. Looking back to the May 19 figure, it was 7911 now, that's an increase of 9.8% and a staggering $863 million. If we combine the reduction in debt and the increase in credit balances, overall, UK agriculture improved its net debt position by just over a billion pounds in that 12-month period. Really good indicator of the health of the industry and the strength of a lot of the markets. And that's something that can only improve now the beef price has started to lift after its torrid time in 2019. If we look more specifically about the impact on farming businesses through corona, I decided I'd take a look back from the, the figures from the end of March. So there we were, we were seven, eight, nine, ten days into lockdown, right up to the end of May. Obviously, some restrictions started to lift towards June and into July. So that real core lockdown period. Well, at the end of May, debt, total debt was sitting at 18.98 billion, as I've already mentioned. At the end of March, it was at 18837 billion. So it has increased, as you'd expect, quite seasonally, and it increased by 144 million. However, if we cast it back and take a look at the end March to end May period of 2019, the figures over that two month period show that the debt increase to the sector was 234 million. Therefore, a decreased cash requirement of debt in 2020 of 90 million pounds. Again, switch over to those credit balances. Credit balances between the end of March and the end of May actually grew by £441 million. Last year, end March to end May, they actually reduced by £40 million. So overall, if you look at the net debt position, so we take total debt, take off the credit balances, the overall net debt position between the end of March and the end of May in 2019 worsened for the industry by £274 million. In the period during lockdown, from the end of March to the end of May 2020, the actual net debt position of UK agriculture actually improved by 297 million. So if you compare and kind of add them together, which is not an exact science, but that's a swing of over half a billion pounds, which is an amazing performance. I think it's testament to increasing efficiency. I think it's testament to the demand there was to food. Yep, we saw some real shortcomings in supply chain and getting the right products and the right food in the right places. But once that had settled down and demand came back into the floor of the market, you know, the efficiency with which UK farmers responded to Corona and started pumping the food out was absolutely brilliant. It's also an indicator that we have had a period of quite strong markets, apart from those blips in March and April. And frankly, it's a really good news story for the industry. You've been listening to the Let's Talk Agriculture podcast. Don't forget to download part two of this episode from our Let's Talk Business podcast channel to hear Oliver talking with Tom Morrison, an international agricultural consultant about the importance of soil management. We also have a Let's Talk Brokers podcast featuring the latest market insights 
and delving deeper into other topics and issues facing brokers. You can find it on our Let's Talk Business channel. Don't forget to subscribe so we can let you know when more episodes are available. Make money work for you. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no responsibility for the veracity of information intimated by a third party and no warranties or undertakings of any kind, whether express or implied, regarding the accuracy or completeness of the information given. Barclays Bank UK PLC takes no liability for the impact of any decisions made based on information contained and views expressed 